0: On today's episode of Locked on Canucks, how does the Naz signing in Calgary affect my Pacific Division standings? What to expect from Andre Kuzmenko and Ilya Mikheyev this upcoming season? And is the smart money on the Canucks to make the playoffs. It is Locked on Canucks on a Tuesday, August 23rd, and it starts now. You're locked on Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Locked On Canucks, the show that keeps you locked in on all things Vancouver Canucks. I'm, of course, your host, Justin Pooney. I hope you guys are doing well. I want to thank you for making Locked on Canucks your first listen of the day. We are free and, of course, available, excuse me, wherever you get your podcast services. Of course, you can find me on Twitter at underscore process sports. You can find our show's Twitter at Locked on Canucks. Please also like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. So. Again, we're in the dog days of summer. Weather is beautiful. Hockey's not really on the front burner right now. But, of course, there was a big move at the end of last week that I briefly touched on before we headed to my interview with Locked On Kings last week, which I hope you all enjoyed. As we head to the the new season, I hope to get more and do some more Locked On crossovers because I think they are highly receptive and... It gives you guys a different perspective and viewpoint. But I believe it was last Thursday, Naz Kadri signs a seven-year, $49 million deal with the Calgary Flames. Now, the Flames, of course, last year were the Pacific Division winners. And then they lost in the second round in five games to the Edmonton Oilers. And then they lost Johnny Goudreau to the Columbus Blue Jackets. And then Matthew Kachuk said, I don't want to be here anymore either. I want to go play somewhere else. So they trade him to Florida where they acquire Mackenzie Wieger and Jonathan Huberto and subsequently signed Jonathan Huberto to a massive eight-year deal where he will be making $10.5 million per year. So the Flames, one of the Canucks' biggest rivals just over the Rocky Mountains, have had a very active offseason. Now, you will remember a couple of weeks ago, I gave you guys my, you know, Pacific Division predictions and what to expect going forward. Um, And I said, you know, it'll be the Canucks, L.A., uh, Calgary, all battling for that second and third spot in the Pacific. I had the Canucks finishing fourth in the Pacific Division um, and becoming a wildcard spot. So does this cadre signing change? My prediction, how does it affect us in Kanakland? Well, two things. We'll start off with the JT Miller aspect of it first. Um, when you look at the Qadri signing, seven years by seven million. Now, I'm not saying JT, it's quite evident that JT Miller is a better player. He's also younger than Naz Kadri. So his value is going to be a little bit higher because he's a better player and he's had a bit more of a pedigree in my personal opinion. But they are, you know, kind of similar. You know, they both had career years last year. Um, and they're looking to get paid, and they're both looking to get paid. Now, Cadre might have priced himself out of his market, given the flat cap, and had to wait longer than he wanted to. Uh, reports were indicating that early, earlier in free agency, so he wanted, you know, the full nine, he wanted a nine-year, $7 million deal, which he didn't get, but he still did very good, uh, catching a desperate Calgary team who signed him to a seven-year, $7 million per season for $49 million. Um, so, this could help the Canucks, because, it could be indication that hey, the market for JT Miller and his contract extension are not what he expected to be because of the cap situation in the NHL and how uh, you know COVID affected that. But so if the Canucks can get JT Miller for you know five for eight eight point five or five for eight um, or even six for eight or seven and a half something like that, that could be a very beneficial thing. That's one positive out of this situation that could happen for the Canucks is it could drop JT Miller's um, contract value and might you know, help him wiggle his stance on what he wants. Also, I don't know if it really affects the Pacific Division. I've heard a lot of people coming out and saying that the Flames are a better team than they were last year. Uh, I think we should all pump our brakes on that. I don't think Calgary is better than last year. And it's simple as this. Naz Kadri would you rather have Naz Kadri or Johnny Goudreau? You'll take Johnny Goudreau. Would you rather have Jonathan Huberdeau or Matthew Kachuk or vice versa? Swap them whichever you want. The two new forwards they brought in are not as good as the two forwards that just left. Right? It's as simple as that. The Flames made the... Bradstreet living deserves credit for making the best out of a situation a bad situation. But it's it doesn't mean that Calgary's a better team than they were last year. It's just look at the stats from last year it's as simple as that there's no reason to dive into this deeper um and think overthink it too much the fact of the matter is this the flames are not as good as they were last year it's as simple as that regard i don't expect huberto and codger to have the same big seasons they had last year just law of averages it's not going to happen um I don't. How are they going to fit under Daryl Sutter's system? Now, everybody said, Well, Codri will fit perfectly well in Daryl Sutter's system. Well, think about us and Canucks fans. How many free agent signs have there been that we thought would fit like a glove? Louis Erickson, we thought would fit like a glove. Verbata, we, list, the list goes on. You never know until you get that player in the locker room. Speaking of locker rooms, you saw that video on social media of Mackenzie Uyghur getting his, his flame sweater. That, the Flames need a new arena because there are. there are dressing rooms in local like community arenas that are nicer than what the Calgary Flames have that is horrible and if you think that doesn't matter it does because that's the reason why the Canucks are upgrading Rogers Arena in their dressing room which was currently 35 million times better than what the Flames have right now there's a reason players want to be pampered they want to be treated well they want to be comfortable at their place of work and hell like I said, there's places where I've played beer league that have nicer dressing rooms than what the Calgary Flames have. So, But going back to the Flames of the Pacific Division and for the Canucks, who knows how the Flames, is how this experiment is going to work? Yeah, the Flames, if you look on paper, they have a playoff caliber roster. But we don't know how these new pieces are going to fit in Calgary. And for Canucks fans, that should not, be nothing to worry about because I believe the Canucks forward group is just as deep as the Flames. Now, Calgary's got a better defense core, but the, the goaltending matchup is even too. So what I think, look at this, right? The Canucks still are in the same position. They're going to be competing with the Flames and the Kings for the second and third position in the division. Do I still think Calgary will get that third, second, or third spot? I do, right? But I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that Calgary takes a major step back, right? I, I, I just I don't understand why people are jumping to the conclusion that Calgary is better than last year. Just because Brad Trelivin did a good job of of getting out of a sticky situation, that doesn't mean the team is necessarily better. He did good. I will give him credit for that. He did good to get, you know, instead of going on a full rebuild, this team is now has the ability to compete for, you know, the playoffs and potentially a Stanley Cup. Um, I don't think Calgary is in the upper echelon with the Edmontons, the Colorados, the St. Louis's, the Minnesotas. Um, You know, I just don't think that that they're in that echelon. Um, The other thing for Calgary is this and this is where it will be really happy for Canucks fans. Once the Canucks cap space clears up, which eventually it will, you know, eventually it will over the next season or two, um, there will be ability to make moves. The Calgary Flames right now, if they do not win a Stanley Cup in the next two to three seasons, that Huberto contract will look horrible. The Kadri contract will look horrible. The Markstrom contract, the Tanev contract, all these other contracts for the mid-30 players, Are going to look very bad, and this team is going to be crippled. And for Canucks fans like us, people that watch the Canucks, we will be sitting there enjoying the show as the Calgary Flames burst into flames. And just because they're they're not, if they don't win, this franchise is going to be screwed royally. Nobody's going to want to take that Huberto or Cadre contract off your off your off your books. So. The fact of the matter is this, and this is the last thing I want to say is for the Canucks' aspect of it. Don't stress. The Canucks will still have an opportunity to compete with the Flames. The Flames are not world beaters. They're going to take a step back. The law of average just says they are. They're not going to be as good because they lost their two best players and replaced them with good players, but not guys that are as good. So I don't see this situation as positive as other people might think it but that's just me and people might think i'm delusional but i don't care that's how i feel so that's that about calgary and how it affects the canucks the pacific division i like i said before the canucks will finish third or fourth i'm thinking fourth and still get a wild card spot i do think calgary is a playoff team but they're not a stanley cup contender they're not better than they were last year it's as simple as that so coming up after the break i'm going to talk about the canucks newest russian acquisitions Andre Kuzmenko, and Ilya McCaven, what to expect from them next season. But first, we have an important message to give you from NHTSA. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you get pulled over? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, you kill someone. Everyone knows the risk of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again, play it safe and plan ahead. Get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's. Forever, drive sober or get pulled over. And welcome back to Locked on Canucks, the show that keeps you locked in on all things Vancouver Canucks. So yesterday, big pop on Canucks social media. Andre Kuzmenko, Ilya Mikhailov were out there at eight rinks in Burnaby. Speaking of place I used to play Pure League, eight rinks in Burnaby. Um, getting on the ice and you got to Canucks fans got to see the newest acquisitions, rocking the Canucks practice threads. Um, of course, uh, there was a bunch of fans there. Um, and, you know, the Canucks are in the middle of building a practice arena where these things wouldn't happen. But players are coming back now, starting to perk People are back, getting back in town. Um, and we saw some very nice messages from those new players that were, you know, said, hey, to Canucks fans. We also saw Andre Kuzmenko show off a between-the-legs goal that I was drooling and salivating over. Of course, Kuzmenko was the off-season's most highly coveted European free agent, and he chose Vancouver after he was successfully recruited from GM Patrick Alvin, Bruce Brudro and Jim Rutherford. Uh, Kuzmenko, of course, is 26, scored 20 goals and 33 assists in 45 games for SKA St. Petersburg of the KHL. Mikheyev, like Kuzmenko uh, Russian, signed a four-year deal with the Canucks after spending his first three years with the Lovely, my favorite team, the Toronto Maple Leafs. In those 146 games, he registered 36 goals and 36 assists. So what do we expect from these two most in particular? What do I think is going to transpire when Andre Kuzmenko and Ilya Makayev hit the ice in October for the Vancouver Canucks when the games start to count? Well, let's start with Ilya Makayev. He is an absolute speed demon out there. He is going to help the Canucks penalty kill vastly. He is going to bolster the top nine of this team and he can score goals. He's going to get a chance to play in the top six, maybe get some power play time along with Kuzmenko. I went in this before in my player profile thing, but I just want to reinforce it. Um, Ilya Makayev can score. If he can get 20 goals, that's great. But I think you'll see him get on the forecheck, him play well on the power, on the, sorry, the penalty kill, and really – play that 200-foot game. So some nights, he might not make an impact on the score sheet, but he will make an impact out on the ice. And I think what people need to understand is that's what you need. The Canucks are not a fast, fast team. You need guys with speed that are fast afoot that can cause disruption, can create chances, turnover, stuff like that. The NHL is a speed-driven league now. Case in point, the Colorado Avalanche who just won the Stanley Cup, right? The Canucks were never a fast. have not been a fast team for a while. You look at when, you know, they played their best level of hockey for in the franchise history, the early, you know, late 2000s, early 2010s. While the Sedins weren't the fastest guys, they played fast. But Kessler had wheels. Burroughs had wheels. These guys were able to move the puck quickly. They played the game at a fast pace. So that is where the NHL is now. It's puck possession, move fast, and that's what Ilya Makeev will bring. If he can score 20 goals, great. But I want to see his impact and turning pucks over creating chances and on the penalty kill we move over to Andre Kuzmenko all indications of this player are he can put the puck in the back of the net he's got some vision he's got some hands and he also he also has the ability to play a sandpaper game so when i look at this when i look at these two guys Kuzmenko we'll focus on him right now but when i look at Kuzmenko He's going to play in the top six. He's going to get power play time. He's going to have ample opportunity to do something special, to to have put up points, to increase on that ECL deal, E-L-C, sorry, E-L-C, entry-level contract. Um, I think Andre Kuzmenko has all the ingredients to play well. Now, it all depends on how Bruce Brujo deploys him. And I also depends on where he sits in the lineup, but I see him playing on a line with Bo Horvat. If it was me, I'd probably go Mikhaev, Horvat, and Kuzmenko on a second line behind the lotto line. And then you put on, you know, Dickinson, Pod Colson, and whoever else, right? Um, I think that would be a very good line. It's got speed, they all pop some sandpaper, and they're all can play the 200 foot game. I think there's going to be some spells especially for Andre Kuzmenko who's new to the NHL. He's going to go through some time where he's going to be in an, adju- an adjustment and it's going to be like what the hell what's wrong with this guy? But at the end of the at the end of the season I think he's going to, you know, maybe score 15 to 20 goals, have, you know, 40 to, you know, 35 to 40 points hopefully or 45 points whatever. Um, if he can do that, it will be a success because he's on he's on the cheap right now. Um so I think um, what we can expect, I don't expect these guys to be world beaters and all-stars right off the shoot, but I expect them to, every night, play a 200-foot game, play the game the right way, be have an impact, um, and really just be sound hockey players for the Canucks. If they can do that, the investment will be fine, this team will event have success, and they will be where I expect them to be in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And speaking of playoffs... You guys, if you guys recall in our earlier episodes, I was very big on giving you lines and stuff like that and predictions betting-wise for the Canucks season, or so the Canucks games, excuse me. Um, and I did very well for those of you early listeners. So right now, after this last break, I'm going to break down the Canucks season future odds um, and kind of tell you if those are surefire bets or as at this point to lock them in and get good value or stay away. So stick around for that if you want to win some money and welcome back to the locked on canucks podcast i'm of course your host justin pooney hope you guys are all doing well final segment we are back with a little bit of betting um, as you know betting has taken over the world um in sports and you know i think that's you know a great indication on statistics and trends and how to gauge where your team is at so We're going to go through a little fun segment where I'm going to go through certain Canucks future bets and tell you if those are good value to lock in. Well, we'll start off with the big granddaddy of them all, the Stanley Cup. The Canucks are plus 5,000 in the same realm as the Ottawa Senators. You know, the Nashville Predators, Dallas Stars are plus 4,500. The win of the Detroit Red Wings are plus 5,500. So Canucks are long shots. Uh, I wouldn't put money on that. I don't think the Canucks are going to win the Stanley Cup. Uh, this year, I think, barring a miracle and something crazy going on, the divine intervention or something, the Canucks are not winning the Stanley Cup. So I would stay away from that bet. Uh, team points. Uh, to record 100 plus points in the season, the Canucks are plus 210, uh, around the same as the Dallas Stars, the Washington Capitals, and the National Predators. You look at it, the Canucks want to be a playoff team. They're going to need to improve on the 90 points, 92 points or whatever they had last year. They're going to need to get a law of averages says they're going to have to get around 96 to 98 points just to squeak into a final playoff spot. So you're going to have to be hovering around that 100 point bar. Do I think this Canucks team is three or four wins better than they were last year? Well, I think that team should have had, was on pace to get 100 points anyway, and you add it to this team to make it better. So do I think the Canucks will get 100 points? Um, I would, you know, I would take it plus 210. That's decent odds. Um, You know, a $10 bet on that would win you guys, you know, I think it's 20 bucks, 21 bucks, right? So I wouldn't take, I think that's a decent deal. I think this Canucks team is three to four wins better than it was last year. I think that team was on pace to score on a hundred point pace and they're better. So I think this Canucks team has the chance and it's a decent bet for them to win uh, enough games to get 100 points or be in enough one-goal shootout games where they can, you know, reach the 100-point mark. Conference winner bet. Um, the Canucks currently are plus 2,300 to win the Western Conference. Uh, like I said, I don't see that happening. Uh, there's too many good teams in the West. Surprisingly, Calgary's got the second-best odds with Edmonton um, and Vegas. Um, Colorado is the prohibitive favorite, but uh, I find that very interesting that Calgary and Edmonton are up there. I think Edmonton again is you know a really good chance to do it, but Calgary is just the hype of this whole NAS cadre deal and stuff like that. Uh, I'm not really too, uh, too hyped up on that. Uh, division winners the Canucks are currently plus 1,000 to win the Pacific Division. As I said, I don't think the Canucks are th- th- this year um are good enough to make uh the, the the make that leap to be um win the pacific division uh this one's interesting to have the worst record in the nhl uh this season the canucks are plus plus seven thousand to have the worst record that do not take that but the canucks will not have the worst record in the nhl uh, i think that belongs to either arizona chicago or montreal uh Finally, the most important bet to make the playoffs. The Canucks are minus 134. Take that bet. Put your money on it because the Vancouver Canucks will be making the playoffs this year. You can book it. The drought ends. The Canucks will make the playoffs as they are currently constituted. That is all the time we have today for Locked on Canucks. Lock in those bets. Win some money. Or if not, just listen to me and hopefully I win some money and pray for me. Um, but I want to thank you for making Locked on Canucks your first listen every day. Tomorrow, we will dive more into the Canucks and see what's going on in Canucksland. Now, your second listen, Locked on NHL. Locked on experts, excuse me, give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked on NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. Take care, guys. Stay safe. I'll talk to you tomorrow.